Krista. And I'm Annika. And we're the Fact Detectives. We love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. And we do this by speaking to the experts. Smart grown-ups who know lots of cool facts about everything. Hey, Dexter, what do you know about mushrooms? They're great in an omelette. Okay, then. Um, what about toadstools? I'm not sure. Are they the red ones with polka dots? I think I can help you out there, fact detectives. Hi, Brett! Brett studies fungi and plants at the Australian Institute of Botanical Science and at the Royal Botanic Garden, Sydney. I do. And fungi are really fascinating. Would you like to learn some cool facts? Yes! Fact one! What are mushrooms? Mushrooms are fungi. Fungi? Yes. Ever heard of fungus? You might have seen it growing in damp places. Yeah! Well, when there's more than one fungus, we call them fungi. You can say it fungi or fungi. Both is fine and I'll often switch between the two of them. But what you really need to know is that there is actually a kingdom of fungi. And mushrooms and toadstools are part of this kingdom. But what is a fungus? A fungus is really cool because it's a living thing, but it isn't a plant and it isn't an animal. What do you mean? Well, fungus is its own special kind of living being. In fact, fungi are the second largest group of organisms on Earth, after the insects. It's estimated that there could be more than one to two million different species in the world, and they come in all sizes, shapes and colours. There are mushrooms and toadstools that we mentioned before. They are both fungi. But what else do you think might be in the fungi family? Think about what you might see growing in your house when there has been a lot of rain. Mould! Yes. And there are lots of different moulds. Some moulds are annoying like the ones you might find between the tiles in your bathroom, but others are really helpful. For example, the mould we use to make blue cheese. Another food-related fungus is yeast. We use many different yeasts to make things like bread and even beer, although you won't be able to try that until you are much older. (laughs) Then there's mildew. Mildew is similar to mould and can grow on lots of different surfaces, from plant leaves to bathroom walls. And I can't forget puffballs. Puffballs? Yes. They're white fungi, shaped like a round ball, usually around the size of a golf ball, although the biggest one ever recorded was 150 centimetres wide. Whoa, that's massive. It is. Puffballs grow on grass lawns, parks and sport fields. They're called puffballs because when they burst open, clouds of dust-like spores float away. Cool! So, are fungi different to plants then? Well, we used to think a fungus was a kind of plant, but is actually really very different. For instance, plants have things like roots, leaves, chlorophyll. Fungi don't. And plants need water, air, sunlight and nutrients to grow, whereas fungi digest organic matter to grow. But mushrooms kind of look like they could be a plant. They do, but the mushroom is just a small part of the fungus. What? Where's the rest of it? Let's start with a typical mushroom that you might find in a supermarket. When you look at that mushroom, you see a stem, a cap, and what we call gills underneath the cap. Yeah! When that mushroom was picked, it was broken off from the rest of the fungus, a much bigger organism that is hidden underground. There's more? Yes. Fungi are made up of a network of threads called a mycelium. The mycelium is there under the ground all of the time, feeding and expanding. Then at certain times of the year when the conditions are good, the mycelium produce mushrooms that pop up above the ground. 
Now, why do they pop up? To spread spores. What's a spore? A spore is a tiny organism that consists of a single cell and is able to produce a new fungus. Remember the mushroom's frilly gills? These make and disperse the spores, so when the mushroom pops up above the ground, the spores can travel to other places to make new baby fungi. How many kinds of fungi are there? Do you want to take a guess? 500? A thousand? As I mentioned before, fungi can be found in lots of places. In the air, in soil, in water, plants, and even in and on the human body. In Australia, we know of at least 25,000 different species. However, around 250,000 species of fungi have been scientifically identified worldwide. But we don't even think that's close to how many fungi exist in the world. We estimate there could be as many as 2 million or more fungi in the world. That's a lot! It is! So, are all fungi edible? Oh no, definitely not. Out of all of those fungi, there's only a tiny number that are safe to eat. Maybe 30 to 50 species, which of course includes the mushrooms that you can buy in the supermarket. Can you pick and eat wild mushrooms? You can, but you really, really, really need to be an expert at identifying mushrooms to do this safely. And because many mushrooms look so similar, it can be very hard to tell which ones are safe to eat and which ones are poisonous. Please don't ever, ever pick a wild mushroom and eat it. It could make you very, very sick. We won't! Hey, I just remembered. You still haven't told us what the difference between a mushroom and a toadstool is. Ah, yes. Okay. Well, from a scientific perspective, there is no difference because toadstools are mushrooms. But we identify them as toadstools because they have some unique characteristics. Firstly, while most mushrooms generally grow in fields or lawns, toadstools tend to grow under trees and shrubs. Also, in a young mushroom, the gills are pink and as it ages, they turn brown and black. But a toadstool's gills stay white for its whole life. Also, the cap of a mushroom is generally smooth and often white with no raised scales or bumps, while the cap of a toadstool is rough and bumpy. You might remember the classic toadstool from fairy tales, the one with a red cap and white spots? Yes! This is a real toadstool called the fly agaric, Amanita muscaria. It's one of my favourite kinds of fungi because it's so cute, but it is also very deadly. If you happen to see one of these in the wild, look, but definitely don't touch. Okay, Brett. But let's move on from the mushroom versus toadstool debate because there are some other really cool fungi out there. Like what? Well, one of my other favourites is the ghost fungus, and it has a special power. It glows in the dark. Wait, what? How? Ghost fungi are bioluminescent, which means when night falls, they glow a soft fluoro green. What do they look like in the daytime? In the daytime, ghost fungi kind of look like oyster mushrooms, which are generally white with a flat and frilly cap. But unlike oyster mushrooms, they are not delicious. They are very toxic, so don't touch them or eat them. The top of their caps are cream and brown, and underneath they have a soft, fine, cream-coloured gill. They grow at the base of trees in bunches all on top of one another and can be found in southern Australia and Tasmania. What do fungi do? They do so many different things. 
Firstly, they are nature's great recycler. Fungi are found pretty much everywhere from Antarctica to the Sahara Desert and even in the oceans. And if it wasn't for fungi, the planet would be completely covered by dead plants and animals. In the forest, fungi help to break down any dead plant matter, animal carcasses and poo that's lying on the ground. This is called decomposition, and basically means that all this waste is converted back into soil, where it can be then used as nutrients for plants to grow. Some fungi aren't as helpful, though. Some fungi cause diseases in plants and animals. In plants, they can cause leaf spots, and this weakens the plant. Fungi can colonise or take over flowers, grain and seeds, and they can also cause decay and rot in tree trunks, which can kill them. Oh, no! And here's a creepy fungi fact. Let me introduce you to the zombie ant fungus. Zombie ant fungus? That's right. The zombie ant fungus is found in tropical forests and is what's called a parasitic fungus. That means it attaches itself to a host in order to grow, and basically its main goal is to reproduce in as many different places as possible. So the way the zombie ant fungus does this is by infecting ants. How? Well, first the fungi drop their spores, and then these attach to the ant. The spores then infect the ant and start to grow inside its body. Now, here's the gross bit. Are you ready? Uh, yeah? The spore grows and grows inside the ant and eventually takes over its mind. Oh! Over a week, the fungus makes the ant leave its nest and climb up a plant. It then makes the ant stop at a height of exactly 25 centimetres, which is where the fungus likes to grow. Then it forces the ant to lock its jaws around a leaf as it dies. Now this is the really icky bit. The fungus then grows through the ant's head into a capsule full of fungal spores. Ew, gross! And then, because the ant generally will climb up a plant leaf that sits where the rest of the ant colony lives or forages, the fungal spores from its head will fall down on its fellow ants and zombify them too. And so the cycle goes on and on. Eesh! That's horrible! It is, and zombifying fungi have been around for millions of years. Enough about zombies. Let's find out about how fungi help plants. Remember how we talked about the underground threads earlier? Oh, yeah. The mycelium? That's right. Well, all these threads can form what's called a mycorrhizal network. These networks are massive, reaching far underground, connecting trees and plants across huge areas. Through this network, older trees can help young seedlings survive by sharing nutrients along the fungal networks. They can also help plants find water and even protect plants from infection. Amazing! And like the networks we use, like mobile phones or the internet, trees can use this network to communicate. For instance, they can warn their neighbours of an attack by insects or a disease by releasing certain chemicals that travel through the mycorrhizal network. And fungi can help us fight climate change. That's pretty cool. Fact four. Is fungi bad for humans? Some kinds of fungi can make us sick and it's good to keep an eye out for these ones. For instance, any time the weather is really humid, black mould can grow and when this happens inside your house, it can make you quite sick, especially if you happen to have an allergy to mould or have an asthma attacks or breathing difficulties. Black mould can grow in the bathroom, on a picture frame, on the wall, 
anywhere around the house that gets damp and can't dry out properly. And did you know that there are kinds of fungi that can grow on and in our bodies? Have you heard of athlete's foot? Yes! Athlete's foot is a kind of fungal skin infection. Fungi thrive in damp, warm environments, and what better place to take hold than a hot, sweaty foot? Ew, yuck! But there's no need to worry. It's very common and really easy to treat. If you notice that your foot is peeling and flaking, just tell your grown-up and they will take you to the chemist. And a good way to protect yourself from picking up a fungal infection is to remember to wear flip-flops or sandals when you use shared change rooms in public swimming pools or at school. Okay. But it's also good to know that some fungi are also really helpful to human health. In fact, a special type of fungi called penicillium helped to create one of the most important medicines for humans. Have you heard of antibiotics? Yeah, I had to have them once when I had a really bad infection. Exactly. The invention of antibiotics from the fungi penicillium completely revolutionised the practice of medicine, and we now use antibiotics to treat illnesses and infections caused by bacteria like pneumonia, tuberculosis and meningitis. And there are also other strains of fungi that are used medicinally. US mycologist Paul Stamets found that there are also a few strains of agaricon mushrooms that are found in old-growth forests in the United States that are highly active against pox viruses like smallpox and also the flu viruses. Fact five. Can fungi save the world? I really think fungi can play a role in saving the world for a few reasons. As I mentioned before, fungi can help us fight climate change. We all know that rising levels of carbon dioxide in the air contributes to climate change by increasing the temperature of the atmosphere. So guess what? What? There are some kinds of fungi that can help trees to absorb carbon dioxide faster than they usually would. And not only that, these fungi help forests keep more carbon locked up in trees and soils and out of the atmosphere. Wow! Then there is the fungus that can eat plastic. Since the 1960s, humans have produced over 8.3 billion tonnes of plastic. And 40% of this has been for packaging that is used once and then thrown into landfill. A scientist called Samantha Jenkins accidentally discovered a fungus after it unexpectedly ate its way through a plastic sponge. The sponge was supposed to seal the fungus in, but the fungus broke down the plastic just like it would organic matter. Now Samantha and researchers at Biome are working to make the fungus even more efficient so it can help to munch down on all the plastic waste that we humans produce. Cool! Another research team in Leipzig in Germany is using a bacterium to break down other types of plastic called polyurethane that is used in things like furniture, bedding, seating, shoes and straps. While over in China, researchers have also discovered a fungus that can break down plastics in a few weeks. We humans love making things, but sometimes these processes cause pollution and scientists are trying to find ways to clean up things like oil spills and chemical toxins from factories. In the US, mycologist Paul Stamets and his team discovered that mycelium can absorb oil and make lots of new mushrooms which, when they spore, attract insects and then attract birds and can create a little ecosystem. They also found that mycelium can lead to habitat restoration in areas where there are chemical toxins. Try this at home! You could try growing your own mushrooms at home, but you'll need to ask your grown-up for some help. 
First, choose which kind of mushroom you'd like to grow and find out how to grow them. For example, white button mushrooms grow best on composted manure, like horse pill. Shiitake mushrooms like a hardwood sawdust and oyster mushrooms like straw. Then you'll need to find a good dark spot that isn't too cold, like under the kitchen sink or in the basement or in the garage. You can also get a mushroom grow kit that comes with everything that you need. Cool! Another thing you could do is take a mushroom spore print. What do you mean? How? Next time you're at the supermarket or at the farmer's market, ask your grown-up to buy you a mushroom. Look for one where the gills are mostly protected, or if its gills are exposed, try to choose a really fresh one and be very careful carrying it home. Carefully pull out the stem, but be careful of the gills. Then get a piece of paper and place the top section of the mushroom with its gills facing down onto the paper. Do this gently, don't press it into the paper. Now add a few drops of water to the top of the mushroom cap. This will encourage the spores to drop. Cover it with a box and put it in a safe spot where it won't get bumped and leave it overnight. The next day, lift up the box carefully and then lift up the mushroom very carefully and underneath you should see a spore print on the piece of paper. Nice! Let's try it, Annika. If you want to keep your print, ask your grown-up to spray the print with hairspray. Okay, thanks, Brad. No worries, fact detectives. This has been another super fun episode of The Fat Detectives with me, Dexter, and me, Annika. Big thanks to Brett Summerell, Chief Scientist at the Sydney Botanic Gardens. And big thanks to Gigi and Imogen, who asked us to investigate fungi. And if you have a big topic you'd like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectorsatlistener.com. 